hand into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Wondering you, you would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, "Thank you for being a friend." Yes. <laughs> we are the Golden Girls. Oh wait, Something Golden like Years. That. No, that was a different. That was a different book. Okay, let's stop it now because it <laughs> is time for the podcast, okay? So, hello everyone. Welcome to it. This is it. Okay, I've got that out of my system. I truly have No, you don't. No, you don't. Out of my <laughs> yes, folks, it's a spoiler room and tonight we are covering 2017 it and I've got a great spoiler room crew with me tonight to talk about uh, this film that uh is a little bit polarizing in the horror communities and among the horror fans and i got a great group here first off the diva of the spoiler room is here it is dawn hello dawn how are you tonight i am just fine thank you mark how are you so glad you could join us i am doing well or hanging in there anyway for uh reasons uh, and such, but I am doing well. Thank you for joining us. And next to Don, he's back in the spoiler room as well. It is Mr. David from Inside Movies Galore. Hello, David. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yourself? Uh, hanging, hanging in there. So, uh, looking forward to talking about some crazy clowns. So, uh, <laughs> that's if you can float. If you can <laughs> float. Oh, it it floats. Um, and, and then and then they have to drain the pool and clean it. But anyway, then <laughs> next to David, the bow tie man himself is once again in the spoiler room. It is Mr. Paul Salzer. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. My navel is still here. Well, that's good to know. Good to it know. Went one missing must... for a couple of days. It was it was very very frightening. One, one must always keep track of their navel mm -hmm. because. You know, it, it could go out to sea and never return. Oh, no, oh. sorry. <laughs> naval. Anyway, tonight, <laughs> yes, folks, it is 2017's It, brought to us by Andy um, Muschetti. Muschetti? <laughs> how, would, how would you pronounce that? I murder names. So. Uh, I think uh, the first time that you tried to murder it, uh, uh, did you hear that? I said it. Anyway. Ah. Um, anyways, uh, but, but I think the first time you said machete, machete, uh, which is an appropriate name for a horror film director, Andy <laughs> machete. Well, muschetti machete, uh, however you want to pronounce it. He directed this film. He was the director of mama, which, uh, was surprisingly good up until like the last few minutes of the film, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> and here he is giving us uh, the big screen. The first time big screen, yes, folks. The other one was a mini series. The first time big screen version of Stephen King's It. And Don, did you want to give the summary tonight, or you want to hand it to someone else? 
you know, I'd rather hand it to somebody else because I'll start talking about the second half of the movie, or the second <laughs> half of the story, which is not part of this movie. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Paul, how uh, you want to give it a whirl? You're pretty good at this. Oh, yeah, I was not prepared, but uh, basically it's about a, a bunch of kids who discover that a shape-shifting entity, multidimensional being... Uh, that has taken the form of a uh, particular Pennywise the Dancing Clown comes to Derry every 27 years. And uh, what happens is that it uh, essentially kidnaps all these kids and drains them of their life force. And so, of course, the Losers Club, in a typical Stephen King fashion, uh, basically have to encounter it and in the in the process discover a little bit about themselves and about their own fears. Yeah, that's a that's a good summary. I like that quite a bit. Um and and this film opens. Well, first off, uh what got me with this film was that it was rated R. Yeah. And people may go, what? But I mean, in today's horror trend, it is more rare to find a rated R horror film getting wide release. So what was funny, though, is I didn't realize this film was actually rated R until I sat down and uh, watched the opening credits. <laughs> we get the opening scene in it, and it kind of sets the stage a bit of what you're in for here. We get Georgie and uh, his brother, Bill. Is it correct? Yes. Yes. And uh, Bill is ill and he makes you've seen this in the trailer, folks. He makes this uh, floating uh, boat to, so that, you know, because it's a small town, not a lot to do. So he gives it to his brother, Georgie, who decides to take it floating down uh, the uh, rivers of water in the street uh, that are in the drainages. But it gets sucked into a storm drain. And just when you think the boat is lost forever, we are introduced almost within 10 minutes of the film to Pennywise the Clown. Now, you may have heard many people talk about Pennywise the Clown and Tim Curry's infamous portrayal of this. In fact, I think that's the only thing people actually remember from the miniseries. So, <laughs> let's talk about this opening scene and where they really let you know, oh, hey, this is truly rated R. Don, what'd you think about the opening uh, first bit of this film. I thought I was impressed. Mm -hmm. I was truly impressed. Bill Sarsgaard did fantastic. He um, he made Pennywise his own while keeping that dark, gleefully wicked menacing tone mm -hmm. um he didn't i mean the the makeup and all that was closer to what was in the book than tim curry's okay. and tim curry was fantastic i mean there's he was tim curry is perfect um <laughs> yes he is but yeah, there would there's you can't compare well you could you could try to compare them, but uh Sarsgaard did a fantastic job. Yeah, we get to see him and uh yeah, his, 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 the voice he picked and everything. Now, I'm not familiar with the book. It's it's 
I've read a few Stephen King books as people follow along. I'm not a huge reader anymore. Was when I was a kid, never was able to pick up it. So I wasn't quite sure the portrayal or the uh, overall portrayal of Pennywise being more accurate than the book. But Don, you said it's a little bit closer. Uh, the the design of the costume is a, yes. a lot closer. It's almost dead on for what's just as described in the book. Oh, nice. Well, uh, you know, there's a positive there alone that they are actually trying to hit closer to the source material rather than making this more of a remake of the TV series, which a lot of people thought it maybe was. Uh, David, what would you think of this opening scene and where you pretty much get the idea? Oh, yeah, we're rated R here with the Pennywise and and how he gets a bit hungry with Georgie. Well, um, I... Uh... I tend to agree with the opening credit scene, a rated R release film that is put to a wider audience. You know, um, I, I, t I tend to think, oh, okay, um, I'm not used to this. Uh, is this happening? <laughs> uh, because because I'm I'm used to just going to the local like video store for a rated R film. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like. It's it's not that often you get to see that many uh, rated R films in the theater. But anyways, uh, um, as far as the uh, the br uh, brother Billy, I felt like um, I felt like the kid in the original um, the, uh, the uh, the original miniseries did it a hell of a lot better. I'm I'm sorry for, uh, for some reason that lisp was just not coming to me. Oh, you mean the stutter in the, the, in the stutter versus? It, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it felt kind of faked to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, the boat as it was sailing down uh, down the thing. If you notice in the original miniseries, there are actually ripples mm -hmm. as it's going through uh, through the stream. Uh, if you notice in this version, there is not one ripple, and it's and it's going through water. Like it's walking on water. <laughs> well, there it, well, it was covered in wax too. So. No, it wasn't covered in anything while it was going down the uh, down the stream. There was nothing that w uh, uh, that it seemed like it was sailing. Uh, uh, no, what is it? Uh, no cir circles around uh, to uh, to show that it was going through the water. It, it you just I don't know. Uh, uh, now going to uh, going, th I actually thought that uh, that. Um, the, uh, the the teeth now that I wish that that had actually been on the uh, the original um, Stephen King miniseries. I, I wish that those Leviathan teeth <laughs> had been on that clown. Other than that, the only things that I uh, heard coming out out of uh, out of Bill Arstar's uh, voice was, "We all float down here." Mm -hmm. And I thought that his voice was annoying. Wow. Okay. Paul, how about you? Uh, the scene was very disarming for me. <laughs> disarming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just we just are full of puns tonight. Yes, folks, in case you haven't seen it, and it is the spoiler room. Old Georgie uh he gets uh, he he becomes a but he becomes a lefty. <laughs> yeah, um, he does. <laughs> he becomes a lefty uh because that's the only arm he has left. Uh, because Pennywise got a little hungry and, and bites off the other one. As as you would if you were a clown and, and a, a being that lives off the life force and fears of uh, 
you know, people, especially children. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, I enjoyed uh, Mr. Skarsgård's uh, performance. I thought it was a lot creepier, and I felt chilled by his performance. Whereas Tim Curry did a wonderful performance, I did not feel creeped out by by his Pennywise. Um, Bill's uh, Pennywise truly kind of there was something about him there was something about how his how his eyes were and it, it, he was able to draw you in and then just like like something that's supposed to scare you you get drawn in fascinated and then suddenly it changes and he jumps out at you and that's that was really uh, it, you know uh you know not not uh it, it was disarming <laughs> just i know i joked yes. about it but it was very disarming because his performance kind of made you feel like he was a performing clown that he truly was center stage he wasn't really hiding in the shadows uh even though that's where he is so he it just felt like he was this amazing clown and that uh that that's what he does is he he draws people in with his like really huge charisma and then he just gets you and that's that's what i liked about it and that's why i think the the first scene was a wonderful scene to start out this film with i thought so too i mean it, it gets you in the thing what what surprised me in it is that here we have a wide release film mm. and first it's a wide release horror film that's rated r involving children <laughs> So, you know, for me, just starting out, I'm like, okay. And so then you have a kid get his arm brutally bit off, and it's shown <laughs> before he gets dragged into the storm drain by Pennywise. I'm like, okay, this film has caught my attention. I suddenly have a bit more mad respect for the filmmakers because whether or not you like it or not, it, you've got to admit, you've got a rated R horror film with a very brutal brutal thing happening to a ch child on screen that nearly never happens in wide release horror films and what's scarier to a parent than seeing a child well, get hurt well here's the thing too and, and i've caught it now at the be beginning here because it was brought up and it's a theory i want to go into here and don i think you brought it up in your review on in the audience.net um that uh we get the first evidence, and I didn't catch it at first, of the adults not seeing things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The adults, however it works, it feeds on the horrors and fears of children because children have a more vivid imagination. Adults cannot see it, do not sense it, do not, do not see the effects or the... Uh, psychic projections it has. It does right. not exist for adults right. at all. So that adds another level, I think, a bit of tension, at least to this opening scene, because you get an old lady on the porch who totally misses the fact that there's a blood streak in her street in front of her, <laughs> you know, in front of her house where a little boy was just playing, you know, you don't even think she might have even seen Georgie at all, you know, uh, or the other theory that I had, because we're going to jump around tonight, folks. Well, I mean, we, we could run through the, the whole movie, but the movie was rather long. But the this theme, I definitely want to explore because Dawn made such a great point in her review on it. 
um, and I want to get uh, Paul's and David's opinion on it is, uh, and more of her thoughts, is the fact that I, I was trying to figure out, do the adult, adults not see everything, or are some things, things they're just ignoring because they know, some of them know about Pennywise? I don't know, Paul, what do you think about that? I mean, some of the things we know, because they establish later on with the blood room that the adults don't see the stuff from it, but like... Well, Okay, so uh, so since we are jumping around, there is an actual scene in the film, and if you read the story, you know a little bit more about it, is when Beverly basically says she's starting to forget all the things that's been happening, and that's just a sign of, of the power that it has, and that as, as you get older, you are forgetting, and that pe people do forget it. It's like, even if they've seen it, they, they immediately forget it. So the older you are, the more likely you're going to forget the scenes. Uh, there's also a scene, I think, where there was an old lady that was, or there was a, yeah, I think there was an old lady that was driving down a car and she sees the bullies kind of uh, hitting on the Losers Club guys and she totally ignores that. And that, you could tell that she saw it, but I think then it, it just kind of exits her mind. Like all violence kind of leaves at that moment. And I think it's just part of that curse. It's that 27-year curse. Um, further than that, as that car drives by, the red balloon is in the back seat. Mm. So it's a, it's a visual signifier that, yes, it is people look past it. Mm -hmm. So you think that, uh, well, the scene we're talking about in particular, folks, there's a scene where we have the Losers Club, your, your basic group. If you've ever read anything Stephen King, your basic group of outsiders. You know, you've got the, the, the hero with, with a flaw who who's a, you know, has feelings for the, the uh, token girl who's in the group. Um, you, you have your, your nerd. You've got your religious, you know, your religious kid. I mean, you've got all your kind of stereotypical kids in here. Well, you have a new kid named Ben, I believe, and he gets... Uh, cornered by some very vicious bullies in this oh. town. Um, and they're carving an H, the, the leader of the group, Henry, I believe his name was, right? Henry. Um, Henry, Henry yep. was carving his name into, and literally carving his name into the belly of this kid and the adults. Yeah, I, they see it and it, it gets forgotten. And as Don mentioned, the red balloons in the, in the back seat. David, think that uh, Pennywise is letting Henry do his thing to instill the fear uh, at least this part of the movie where uh, he's carving the H? I think that uh, Pennywise is uh, ultimately definitely using uh, Henry as a tool for fear, uh, at, at, least, it, at least in the beginning. Uh, I mean, uh, in the beginning, it was kind of like the, uh, your, your regular bully against the, um, uh, against the lesser, weaker uh, right. child who's been hit or, or, you know, hit, abused, whatever, while he was at, you know, school or outside of school or wherever the situations ended up happening. And uh, I, I believe when he actually did the carving of the um, letter, I think in a way he did become possessed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, like something came over him at the time and there was more blood drawn, you know, I think that uh, than was necessarily needed. And, uh, even his, even his cohorts, his droogies were, uh, were, uh, who were 
uh, right beside him are looking at him like, uh, aren't you going a little bit too far here? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, there's definitely a sense that uh, the parents are unaware of the uh, evil that is happening, the uh, the the things that are going on in these children's lives. And uh, un unfortunately, you don't get to see a lot more than uh, than the children that are uh, that are part of the losers club in order to see how the interactions of the others around them in their school in uh, or in their everyday lives as they're walking do uh, down the street uh, you don't really see too many more people than j uh, just that guy who went miss uh, missing who was part of the um uh, uh, other side of the uh, uh, you know the the bullies yeah. you know so yes we'll get to the parents in a minute but <laughs> Henry does seem to be heightened. I mean, he's already the town bully. This town is screwed up, folks. <laughs> Derry is just screwed up from corner to corner, whether or not it's the curse or not. But uh, it, this place has all kinds of things, P asshole parents and vicious bullies who seem to be amped up. Don, would you say that Pennywise has kind of amped him up? Or at least in the beginning part here, before he yeah. truly takes him over, or do you think he just yeah. lets him run? No, I think that Henry and his little gang. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Henry and his little gang of I, of uh, monsters there, his little bullies. Mm -hmm. That's just how bad of bullies they are. Ah. I mean. So this that scene in particular and several other scenes with Henry and those and those bullies flashed back to so much it it, it horrified me mm -hmm. because that type of bullying happens. Yes. It has been happening it is happening now in our schools. And yes, to the point of people physically shooting each other, cutting each other. It is happening now. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a Pennywise thing. I didn't, I, I think that's when Pennywise took notice of him, but mm -hmm. I don't think he had any influence at that point. Yeah. He doesn't seem to really have influence until that part where the, the, the losers club finally realized that they might actually have a way to fight back and that's when yes. he seems to actually take over here. He's like, oh, crap, I got to pull my ace card out, <laughs> um, my cycle yeah. card. Uh, yeah, he uh, Pennywise definitely gets in everybody's brain at some point, all the children's brain at some point. Yes. But I think he was um, that scene you're talking about with with uh, Henry, the other the other boy. Gosh, I forget his name. The the, the kid that liked to play with fire. Uh, he's the first one that Pennywise reached out to. Patrick. I didn't find anything interesting except for a meal. Right. Patrick was because. Yes. Well, because he shows the zombies to him and the kid actually gets afraid. And he's like, oh, oh this kid's just a dud. We'll just eat mm -hmm. him. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul, how about you with this uh, the, uh, scene? Do you think, uh, would you agree with Don that uh, Henry, Pennywise just noticing Henry, but let him run wild and didn't really need to do anything for a while? Or do you think that he was more in control of Henry from the start? No, I, I think I agree with Don, uh, only because Pennywise really does feed on the fear. 
mm-hmm. and the that energy that it causes. And since Henry didn't, he was he's a causer of fear rather than being fearful. Uh, I I just it would be like the equivalent of eating a celery stalk, and Pennywise would just look at him and like, okay, you're you're a vegetable, get out of my way, give me something meaty, and that's <laughs> that's what and that's what I think he did is he just kind of like you know yeah you're you're a little light snack uh maybe maybe we'll find something else with you and then like don said when uh pennywise suddenly realized that the losers club was able to mount some type of defense it was like well i need somebody that's not in in that can be influenced by that kind of defense and so it's like okay let's let's get henry involved and you'll be my you'll be uh sort of my helper you'll be my like renfield type of character <laughs> Yeah, he was. And uh, Henry was played by uh, what was the actor's name? I want to make sure I get it right here, because I thought his performance, uh, Nicholas Hamilton, I thought his performance was just downright. I mean, I was an adult and I was scared. You know, I thought his performance as Henry was great and very convincing. And uh, yeah, it is sad, but there are actual bullies that do that exact thing. And I mean, Ben, uh, he's a great character. You know, he's the new kid, and he's kind of used to this, but not not getting his belly carved, but getting picked on because he's the new kid. Uh, but he's not the only one that gets picked on. Beverly is is uh, the you know female member of the Losers Club, but she, we see right from the beginning she even gets bullied. I mean, this town is just full of screwed up people. She gets bullied because of rumors that spread about her, and. Uh, yeah, Don. What did you think of uh, the Beverly character and and how her story played out and and her? She she overcame a lot. Yeah. I mean, she really did. She had the rumors that were spread about her uh, that she was a whore that slept with everybody were even more horrific when you found out what her father was doing to her yeah it, it, i mean talk about screwing up a kid mm-hmm. um but i i like that she actually you could see her from the beginning and going through things through the development of her friendship with the boys that she was actually getting stronger yeah throughout the entire film even with what pennywise ended up doing you know by kidnapping her and trying to feed on her it was she's definitely the strongest character in uh so far in this movie now is that accurate to the book as well was she a stronger character in the book or she was always the character that everyone kind of used to to get i mean she was the glue kind of that held them together Mm -hmm. um there is a scene in the uh, in the in the book that didn't make into the movie. Thank goodness, that really does bind them together in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to read this. You, you read the story, and you'll know what I'm, which scene I'm referring to. But she is she is the character. She's that strong character that binds the losers club together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that they kept true to her character in that aspect. David, how about you with uh, Beverly's character? I thought Beverly's character was phenomenal in the film. I thought I thought uh, that um, as, as he were, as I didn't like 
uh, whereas I, I have said that I didn't like, you know, uh, Bill Skarsgård's character. I think that uh, that all the children in here uh, played all of their parts spot on. Beverly, uh, uh, she's like the crux of the group. She's the, uh, the person who is the center. Everyone looks up to, uh, up to her, and uh, yet every, uh, everyone has a crush on her, you know? It's kind of like that love-hate relationship that they have. But um, like Dawn said, she did have to overcome a lot. And I believe that um, they touched on a little bit more on what happened behind the scenes with her father in this film than they did in the previous miniseries. Mm -hmm. I think uh, 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 because of the visuals that uh, that were, were going on there, and there were a lot of visuals. Um, and, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and that that part is what impressed me with the film. I know a lot of people hated it, but what impressed me with the film is here you have a wide release film that goes dark to dark places very quickly with kids, and and especially with her character, I was. I was very surprised of how much they conveyed without actually showing more, but they conveyed so much. You just got so much heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so much. Yeah, if you missed it, you were trying to miss it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You were ignoring it if you did not miss exactly what they were implying and inferring with it. Um <laughs> That's the part of the film that actually creeped me out the most. It wasn't the shaking of the clown. It wasn't the uh, uh, the you know the uh, the creepy voice of the clown. It was the stuff behind with uh, with the children that was happening to me, and that's what sort of gave me a creep factor. You know. Well, in, in general, I mean, this film. I, I again, I I I apologize to everyone because I I am not knowledgeable in the book, but we have. Uh, wonderful crew members here who are, but for me, the the feeling I almost get from this book, uh, from this movie, is that the real life horrors are far worse than anything Pennywise could do to these kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, mean, and that's and that's why he chooses these particular kids to feed on, and that's why these particular kids have are equipped to fight him. Mm -hmm. Because they've been dealing with this all their lives, mm -hmm. basically. Um, yeah, I mean, because that's that's what I got. Because you're watching this, going, "Holy crap!" You know, Pennywise is a cinch compared to her dad or the mom who um, was that? Uh, uh, Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stanley was it that? Uh, no, no, um, no. Stanley, Stanley's father was the rabbi. That's right. Stanley was the one that had the pressure from his dad to be perfect from uh, him. Uh, who it was, was Eddie. it? That, uh, huh? Eddie. Eddie. That's right. Eddie, who had the mom who was saying he was constantly ill and had this kid afraid of everything, of, everything, of mm -hmm. germs. Uh, you know, that the mom here... I think it had him more scared than Pennywise. David, would you say that with, with Eddie and his, his hypochondriac mom and, and the other creep factor with her? Is there something implied there as well? I think so too, because uh, there is, there is a, uh, a, a not well talked about, you know, subject where, where, where how, how much protection 
should you give your child? Yeah. I, I mean, to the extent of fear, it, it, making them afraid to go out the door, to, to step out and uh, it, it do things in their own life, it, it, to medicate them in order to make the, uh, them feel like they will uh, never be able to leave their side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, he was scared of all of that more so than the climbing the clown scary but you know he's scared of lepers and and dropping his pills <laughs> don don what'd you think of this did you think this was uh not not nearly uh, i'll say not nearly on one level as what happens to beverly but there's still a big creep factor with eddie's mom in this situation he's in isn't there Oh, absolutely. Like I said, Munchausen by proxy. Mm -hmm. It's it's horrible because, um, <clears throat> pardon me, in the scene with the in the pharmacy, where after he's broken his arm, he's got the cast. The 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 girl at the pharmacy says, "You know, these are all placebos." Yeah, mm -hmm. which means that, you know, she's making up the mother's making up these illnesses that he does not have to make to make him more reliant on her to make other people feel sorry for her for having such a weakly child whatever psychological need it is fulfilling it's yeah it's horrible yeah do you I mean, think it would have been different had its father not died i mean do you think she would have do you think that she's doing it because she lost her husband and companion. And so the child is the only thing that she has of him. And so is overly bearing because of that. Hard to say. We don't really know how he died. Yeah. Cancer. I thought, um, but I probably getting it from the source material. So. I, you might be getting that from the I, It's been a while since I've read yeah. it. I no. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's from the source. So yeah. In the movie, Ignore that. Then, no, it's okay. No, it, yeah. it's fine. In the movie, they don't mention why his dad died, but uh, you do get an idea of her cabinets full of pills. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my goodness. Full of pills. <laughs> Which, again, is... It, and that's what I loved, is this film captured as much as the creepy stuff that Pennywise does. You learn the additional creepy stuff these kids are facing in real life. <laughs> you know? And you know, and then we even get it with our, 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 our boy, our, our hero, quote-unquote. I use it in quotes because they're all pretty much heroes here. With... um with Billy um, that, uh, you know, his dad, after Georgie goes disappearing, because it's, it's been like a year when we catch up after Georgie goes disappearing. Now we catch up with everybody a year later. Uh, the parents there are even, they, they really look at, but you almost get the impression that they blame him. Don't you, Paul? I, I think so. Well, not for the actual incident, but for keep dragging it out because mm -hmm. I think, it's it's part of that curse where they're they're they have this emptiness that they can feel, but then when the curse takes over, they can forget about it. But because Bill keeps bringing it back up, it's like they're suddenly snapped back into that, and then they feel that loss all over again. And so that that's I think what they really hate about him, and for doing that because when they can just have that oblivious, you know, not knowing, it, it's so. It's so happiness for them because they don't want to live through that. And, and poor Bill just keeps dragging them, them through it every time. <laughs> At least that's the feeling I got from it. Yeah. I mean, I mean out, of, out of parents, though, 
I mm. think the the people that the, the two kids that have it the worst, I think, are Eds and and Beverly for oh, sure. Yeah, I I think those two are the extremes. Um, but you know, you also get them in various forms. As we mentioned, uh, Stan is going for his bar mitzvah, <laughs> and and his dad is like. You haven't been studying. How does it look for the rabbi? I mean, every parent almost, it's like, how does that look to me? Um, Don, is this somewhat like the book as well, where they're portraying this pretty much from the kid's perspective? Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely all of it is from the kid's perspective. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, and that's something you keep mentioning, but child peril, it's a big deal. And that's mm-hmm. par- a large part of what makes this so horrific. Yeah, and, and it does because you, you, you people try not to, <laughs> they try to avoid this subject whenever possible. And here you're on a wide, big screen, and all of these subjects are being presented right in front of your face, mixed in with some really crazy visuals. Uh, I, w- I want to get to the, the horror scenes and how Pennywise torments each of these kids because, um, uh, David, did you get a feel like this was a bit of old school, almost Nightmare on Elm Street-ish in that they just, they hit you from the start and there's really not a lot of space between creepy events, is there? In a sense, yeah. I I thought that I was getting like a a, a kind of an 80s vibe, you know, that that sense of slasher moment. Yeah. Well, and the stuff that happens too reminds me of old school '80s horror, like Nightmare on Elm Street and its its knockoffs and such, where you just have the weirdest visuals. Yeah, but, but yet they're also creepy. <laughs> you know, at one point you're like, "Well, I don't know if I should laugh or really be scared as hell about this." And right now, <laughs> I think that I'm a little more scared that I am laughing at this because even the crooked lady's face—I mean, they managed to make that creepy. Um, Paul, what about you and these uh, scenes we get with the kids and their nightmares? Like you said, it is, it gives you this feeling of dread, which I think lasts longer when I leave the theater. I can, I can keep feeling dread. If it's a scare, I'm startled and I'm, I'm all excited and my heart's pumping. And I, I do like that scare moment, but it's, it's dread and, and creepiness that I take with me back home. And so they were very good at being able to do that. And like you said, the visuals are, I think the more weird the visuals are, the, the more lasting they are in your head. Like, uh, we, like we said, we don't remember that much from the miniseries. It might be because of the amount of time, but I don't think there were that many really outlandish visuals. I mean, just in that one scene where they were doing the, the slide projector, yeah, the rapid succession of those things. It's like I, I want to get the video or the DVD, so or you know the Blu-ray, so I can pause every single frame because I want to see every single one of those things. It just happens so fast, and it's just ah. <laughs> well, and, and it goes with what I think David was the one mentioned it earlier. The performance of the kids in this as well helps sell the creepiness of this so well. I mean, the group of kids that they got to portray this, their their performances are phenomenal. I mean, normally, especially in horror films, no less, kid performances, no offense to kid actors out there, are a bit lacking a lot of times, either in delivery of dialogue or whatnot. You know, but in this one, holy crap, they sell the fear. You, uh, you, you know, go ahead. 
not that I'm trying to interrupt or anything. No, but, go ahead. Um, uh, would you say that uh, uh, the hype of Stranger Things hyped this film up? I, w I would say it influenced it and probably got more people into the theater to see it. Okay. And, and acceptable and more people in the theater to see it and accept bad things happening to kids. <laughs> um, Paul, what about you? Would you say that, that uh, Stranger Things may have helped uh, with all the crazy stuff that happened in here, uh, influence or at least help get the audience because you know the way films are made versus a TV uh, a show, this was already in filming. But do you think it may have had some influence with acceptability of what's going on in this big screen feature? I think I think it would have uh, just from the standpoint of uh, as they watched it, they would have they wouldn't have felt so uh disconnected they were they would be used to it and then i think then they would have told their friends about it how great it was rather than oh it was so jarring that i don't want i don't recommend it and so in that aspect but i don't think it got them to go there i think just this just the name stephen king's it is all it took to get them to go in there so but i think the the influence of stranger things probably helped to get people uh, more uh, comfortable with mm -hmm. with the whole idea, uh, and can I can I steal an extra moment? Sure. Uh, there was a, a newscaster or one of those uh, talk show late night talk show things where the actor that plays Pennywise was talking about the kids, and he said that they were extremely professional actors. Like he was surprised because he didn't know how that they, they were going to react because they didn't show him. Uh, to them, like they wanted the reaction to be very genuine, mm -hmm. and so when he had his first scene with uh, Jack, uh, the Eddie character, right. uh, he he mentions that uh, he because he did he did all this scary stuff, and he he thought that Jack would be like extremely traumatized by the the performance, but then right after the they they called cut. Uh, he says that Jack was basically like, I, I love what I, I love where you're taking the character. I love where you're taking the character. And it was like, oh my god! <laughs> like the, the the kids were so professional. Like they knew their craft. They loved doing this, and that I think really, like you said, really made their performance that much uh, better. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I I really think it did. Um, and Don. How about you, uh, influence of Stranger Things? You think that made it more acceptable for the audience? Sure. I've never seen Stranger Things. Oh, I really okay. don't have any plans to. <laughs> but you know it takes place in the 80s, and it's a group of kids who have really creepy shit happen to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware that uh, Finn, Finn Wolfhard it plays in both as well, mm. which I actually think, now that you've been talking about it, I had wondered why they had not... <sighs> It, it seemed to me like they underdeveloped the Richie character. Mm -hmm. And um, now I wonder if just that, because it was Finn Wolfgard, the thing, the, the kid from, or Finn Wolfhard, the kid from Stranger Things, they didn't need to just because that recognition was already there. Mm -hmm. it, it may have been, yeah. Richie's character really is the, he's just the, he's the perverted friend who, you know, well, not perverted, but I mean, he's just the, the, the kid who you can tell kind of overcompensates with a little more exaggerated personality, but you really don't, you don't see get much. any background. Huh? You don't really get a background for him or fears really from him. Do you? I mean, he says he sees him, but do we actually get a, 
a scene with him in uh, Pennywise? I, I don't think so either. I, I remember watching it now. So his character is, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. When they're in that, when when then they were in that weird house, he's afraid of clowns. Oh, that's right. We do get the clown scene because that's where they sneak in a reference to the original it with a an image of uh, Pennywise from the miniseries. I um, think in the book he was afraid of the Paul Bunyan statue in the park, which they that, only briefly so. showed. Yeah, mm. it comes yeah. to life. Yeah, it comes to life and chases him. I think. What, <laughs> Paul? What do you think about the way they changed the use of beep beep Richie? Oh, I loved it in the first one, and it was just like that was kind of his catchphrase. I don't know. That that was everybody's catchphrase to say, "Shut up, Richie." Shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. And then they changed it in this one. Yeah, I I was kind of disappointed with that. You were expecting it too, weren't you? I, I was expecting it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, there were so many things I was expecting, and that's uh, that's why, uh, why even though the visuals of this uh, film and the acting involved in the kids, which was phenomenal, I, I cannot deny that uh, that the kids outshine the clown mm -hmm. uh, to me. Mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, I mean, there were certain th uh, things like that beep beep I was expecting, you know, uh, maybe because I didn't really see anything wrong with the uh, with the miniseries. <laughs> well, it was a great miniseries. I don't think it's necessarily that it was anything wrong. I think they were just, they in all to honest, make a movie, not a TV series. Right. Mm -hmm. They were trying to make a movie and, and anything with King's books. I always think if you really want to try to be more accurate to the book, you need it as a miniseries because his books are usually fairly dense. So to try to fit them in a two and two and a half hour film, which I still thought they did well. And yes, folks, spoiler room. You don't get the surprise. It's actually <laughs> one of the funnier surprises of, of all um, at the end of this film, which I'll, I'll mention in a minute. But uh, I always think King's book works usually work a little better as many series, except maybe for the Langoliers. Um, oh, <laughs> ouch. But ouch. in here, I think they, they, you know, they give you enough feel that it's a King book. And, and again, I'm not as familiar with the subject matter, but even though they made changes, I, it, it felt like a Stephen King story, at least, you know, this one especially felt like it. And the, everybody does well in it. And, uh, I, I can see where some of the changes though might turn some people off. It's that whole, uh, as I, I'm deeming it today, copyright spoiler room, the last Jedi syndrome, um, where you have expectations and when they're ruined, you hate the movie. No, just kidding. But, <laughs> um, sorry, I I'm think doing, that's been the way with all Star Wars movies for a while. For a while, yeah. I think it has been for Star Wars movies. Um, but... I, I went into it not knowing much about the source material, and I, I dug it, and I know people who didn't, because a lot of people said there wasn't enough scary moments in this film, which I'm not sure on, because <laughs> I thought they didn't let up pretty much with yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. Or, it's their definition of scare, though. True. True. There are Everybody has a There are a lot of people who are desensitized to horror when you've seen a lot of scary moments. Well, and uh, and uh, over t uh, time, you're looking uh, uh, like uh, like me. I'm I'm always looking for that uh, that uh, scare that'll ha happen throughout the entire movie that uh, will not make me want to watch that movie again. 
because well, it's that, just that scary, and I have nightmares about it, you know. But uh, but I I I have not personally found a film that a, a, after a year of going back, I'll go back to uh, to, uh, to every film that I've watched again just to see, you know, if there's a uh, there's a scare moment, and yeah, there are jump scares, mm-hmm. and there were jump scares in this film. But I have to agree with uh, with some uh, some of the other p- uh, people that probably have said it. I didn't really find the film scary. It didn't really have a jump scare, but it did have it did have uh, like the moments with uh, uh, like I think they uh, they touched upon with the uh, what is it the uh, the girl's father and uh, mm-hmm. how erotic they seem to uh, to uh, make. Her relationship with her father be, hmm. uh, you know what I mean? I mean, the kind of an incestual thing going oh, yeah. on. Well, yeah, they they went to that dark place with it, and um, yeah, I know, I I get what you're saying. That again, I, I think it goes with Paul that this has got more dread than actual maybe mm-hmm. scares. What that you might, might categorize as scares that might you know, be dread, and I. And I think also to it it might be too as some people would say on the nose with the horror because you can kind of if you watch a lot of horror as we mentioned here too it kind of has more of that 80s slasher vibe it has kind of those standard beats Hmm. but then again again i i didn't read the book but the impression i've gotten from a lot of people who've talked about is you look at when the book was originally written and it had some of those beats in it as well from my understanding it's just (laughs) Stephen King, so it might have been buried in there a bit more. Um, <laughs> one character who I thought they handled uh, interestingly was uh, the Mike character uh, with Mike his Hamlin, yeah. Hmm? Mike Hamlin, Mike Hamlin, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, uh, Paul, you're familiar with the book as well. How how accurate was his character to the book? I didn't. I didn't feel that he was because in the in the book he was the guy that brings them back. And he was the guy that had to had to basically remember for them. And but that happens in the second half. I know That's it does. Not part of this movie yet? It's not part of this movie. So, <laughs> but in this film, it felt Way to like spoil the, it, Paul. Way to uh, spoil it. Oh, wait. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but I mean, in this film, it felt like he wasn't very important. Like he, like in the first beginning part of it, you don't really have. He doesn't even have dialogue. He just kind of is there, and and you're following him along, and and I just felt like, oh my. God, this this isn't the right character, and it's it's probably because I'm so used to uh, feeling the story out of order, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so yeah, I didn't really think they did a good job in in terms of source material. As for the movie itself, he was a really interesting character, um, you know. Uh, he, he has yeah. growth sooner in this. Yeah, in the movie than I've I was used to because his character grows. He's like, screw this, and then he goes back because we first see him. He doesn't want to slaughter the lambs mm-hmm. uh, with his father and yeah, or his grandfather, and you know it's a family business. We're talking agricultural here, mm-hmm. and also where they live. It's not easy for them to live there in redneck dairy. It kind of follows that theme too throughout those things where where the kids don't want to become their parents because we see how bad the parents are, and then on the top of the thing that the curse involved is once they do become adults like their parents, they forget the stuff 
that made them kids, you know, right. and the, and so yeah, it's just it's just that continuation. Every single character seems to have a little bit of that, and I and so yeah, you bringing it up just made me realize that. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I liked how the Mike character, but Don, would you say too, his character has some growth more so than some of the other kids in here, and rather quickly. Yes. And part of that is uh, how badly he's victimized as well. Right. Because, I mean, I his character I, is the one, the way they handled it in this film, is the one character that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think I could be wrong, but if you're talking Maine... They're treating him more as if it's the 50s rather than the 2017. Yeah. Yeah. He has to overcome a whole lot more because he's a minority. Right. A young minority in a town that just hates everybody. Yeah. The, the town does hate everybody. But, you know, it also and makes he's you... homeschooled. So he doesn't even have the benefit of being bullied at school. Yeah, they they call him homeschool. In fact, and although you know, it makes me wonder though how how he is treated. I'm wondering because we only really see how he is truly treated by the bullies who are who are definition Henry and his his buddies are definition rednecks. Um, so I don't know if that's the whole town or not. It certainly seems to be, considering Henry's dad is the town sheriff. Who knows? Maybe they're that family. I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. No, it is implied that the whole town kind of treats... Well, because the grandfather said as well that if you don't... It, it was like if he doesn't learn the farming trade really quick and pick up where, you know, the, the business where his dad was, people are going to be deciding where he goes for him. Uh -huh. um, in that uh, bit of dialogue, I, I, I kind of love that uh, bit of dialogue there um, because you're just like, oh, crap, you know, where they live. But we've already established Derry is a screwed up town anyway, <laughs> <laughs> which we find out through Ben, who does his history uh, lessons, and we find out all kinds of history with him. And uh, that history helps lead them to. Uh, confront Pennywise, and we'll wrap it up here tonight, but I just want to go to the final scene where we get to see Pennywise's lair, and we get the final confrontation with Pennywise. Don, how'd you think how this played out? I... As, as Paul mentioned, there were some differences between how it played out in the book versus the... <laughs> Versus the TV show versus this. Mm -hmm. um, I actually liked how they handled this um, in this whole scene. Um, it was expected. Um, there was the whole sequence where Beverly wasn't afraid of Pennywise. So he had to show her the deadlights. Mm -hmm. And that was what actually drew her in and allowed him to feed on her and that was handled minimally and i'm hoping they touch more on it in the second one but um oh the deadlight that you mean when he opens up his face basically and she's looking down his 
gullet and there's lights and there's those lights those are mm -hmm. the dead lights yeah ah okay yeah but, there's that's a whole big thing and i'm hoping they get more into that in the second in the second movie in the sequel the the second half of the book right <laughs> Which yeah. we'll jump real quick. Yeah, at the end of this movie, they they throw it up, and you're like, "Wait, they're showing the credit again," and then it says chapter one. And the audience I was in was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. great! It was actually it was the simplest it was the simplest thing, and it was such a great effect because people were like, "Oh, so you know, I knew the audience. It had some of the audience in, in into the film." Um, yeah. <laughs> back to this third act yeah so those are deadlights which um is something else i want to talk about real quick but i want to get uh david what did you feel about this final confrontation act how, how did you feel how this played out i actually thought that the, uh, after after seeing most of what uh, what pennywise could do i actually thought that they pulled this ending ending scene off rather well mm -hmm. okay uh, it, it, from the circus that I was seeing, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but because uh, I I actually really like the the his history uh, of uh, uh, Pennywise that they portrayed in the film, because uh, you you don't I'm not sure if I remember if they connected some kind of a factory um, a, a, a explosion or something to that effect that happened in Derry. To uh, to Pennywise the dancing cl uh, clown because I think that they they went down that road th that there were photos of uh, of this factory that the people used to work at w wasn't there? Yeah, he yes, there was a bunch of children that were killed. Yeah, and um, I liked how they went into that history um, and explained a little bit more. I I'm not sure if they went into that in the in the mini series. I don't remember, but um, probably not. It was too dark. Yeah, it, um, but um, I liked how they explained a, a little bit more of a backstory about how how the possibility, uh, it, and you see that a little bit more at this ending uh, scene where you you see you see the the his domain, you know his yeah. his uh, whatever cart that apparently was part of his dancing clown circus. Uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil type yeah. uh, a, a, a thing going on, and the, and you see all these bodies up in the air. It's like they're being flatlined, um, and I, I I I guess I it's different because you don't really see it. in the mini series series it, it was the deadlights, you know, and even though. You're saying deadlights. It's not exactly deadlights to me because it wasn't <laughs> said. It wasn't said, and it wasn't described. So to me, it was it was more of a more of a, more of a whatever um, the director was trying to create. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. instead of a instead of the normal direction of the uh, uh, let's let's bring them into the deadlights. Let's just bring them into my uh, a whole of a face. Right. Right. Put you in a trance of some sort. You're not quite sure why um, with that. And Paul, how about you? I loved what they did uh, when when I was uh, experiencing the story the first time. I didn't think of floating in the sense that they did in the film. 
Mm-hmm. I just assumed, okay, sewer, they're just kind of floating in water. To have them actually be floating, it, that, it, yeah. it made it me- seem more powerful. It was like, they are floating. <laughs> and it was... It it was it was an impressive sight. It was like, and it was something too because you know you you, you expect to like oh I know everything about this story going into it. And it was like, wow, <laughs> that was something different. <laughs> Good on you guys. And that's that's how I felt by that scene. So it, they just did it really well. And also too, it felt like you, even if they didn't have that chapter one and chapter two coming, I, I just. I, th- that would have been a, just a good enough ending for me. I was like, I was satisfied by that story and how it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's great that they have a second one. I'm so excited about because we can see the next part of the of the tale. And it's like, what are the effects of this movie to to the kids as they're grown up? And I hope they re-release this film before the the second one comes out, so that we can all watch it. Well, kind of, of course they will, because cha-ching. <laughs> There's money, there's money in it. Star Wars has proven that. It's um, it's penny wise. Yes. It's penny wise, penny earned, right? Um <laughs> uh, final thing I want to talk about. You mentioned the deadlights. And one thing in me, and I watched it again, it was even more evident. We mentioned it in the beginning, we got to see kind of the glowing lights of Pennywise's eyes, kind of unnatural, and then they kind of go cross when he takes a bite out of Georgie. But, Don, did you notice what they did with the eyes of the kids every time they just started getting nightmares? I didn't. Paul, did you? I didn't. I didn't. David, did you? No, I did not. Okay, if you watch the film again, if if you find yourself watching again, check out the eyes. And I don't know if it's just the way they shot the film, but I... I don't think it was because it was enough happening enough times to where it, it had to be something that they were working in that you made that was subtle. If you look at the eyes of all the kids, when they're having a, their dreams, what, especially when they're having their dreams. Yeah. It pretty much whenever Pennywise is coming and I, I checked it and it's not quite happening when it's done. When it's not, but when Pennywise is there and they're they're like going to the house or they walk into the area where it's going to be dark. If you look in their eyes, there's a little light. Ah, it, like a light reflection. Huh. But it, it's it it's like there's a light in their eyes slightly. It, it's dim, almost like a star. You it, it, this sounds kind of cheesy, but if you look at a star in the sky. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at their eyes, it's bright, but their eyes, even when it's dark and you can barely see anything, their eyes have a bit of a spark in them. Aww. And it's it, uh, like a reflection. And it happens every time they get, they get put into, or, you know, Pennywise is coming. That's cool. <laughs> and it's something I noticed the first time and I'm like, ah, well, maybe it's just the way they shot it. But I watched the second time, like, I'm I'm thinking it might be deliberate. So I don't know, folks, uh, <laughs> if you think it's deliberate or take a look. If you watch it again, uh, let me know. Sweet. I, the email's there in, in the spoiler room description, or you can email us from uh, specialmarkproductions.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you've noticed this with the uh, eyes. And speaking of Pennywise's eye, you know, the fact that the, the one eye can, like a lazy eye, go to the one yeah. side, that is not an effect. He actually can do that. 
Oh, geez. yeah, I read that. That's yeah. Awesome. Isn't that That's amazing? That to be able to find a character that you could do something like that must be fun. <laughs> Don, quick question. Um, uh -huh. uh, the the house that they use was that uh, the, was that in the book as well? Do you remember the well house? Yes, it was. Okay, the well house so was the one because the well house was not in the miniseries. Yep. No, they pulled different sources. It's been a while the since book I, to I, use in the movie. Okay. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah, they I wanted they they made book. a very very definite effort to use the miniseries. Okay. Right. They, they they were trying to at least convey more that hey no this is more off of the book than off of the miniseries though they did grab some elements there as well and um <laughs> yeah I, I think uh we've talked about a lot with this film there's a lot more to talk about but i think we're gonna wrap it up tonight folks um and so it it's it was one that a lot of people thought and i even thought and i didn't mind though that it was more of uh, and this will be the final question I'll, I'll ask of everyone tonight. That this is more of a maybe along the lines of a Goonies scary coming of age story more so than straight up horror movie. Uh, so what do you think, uh, Paul? Do you think this is more of a straight up horror movie, or do you think this is more kind of along the coming of age scariness type thing with a little more blood? Of like a Goonies type story. I, I can see that, but to me, this I grew up reading Stephen King, mm -hmm. and so this to me is horror. So sure. yeah, this to me is a straight up horror film. Sure. But I can but see it, your point. It really does make a, you make a good point with the other one. So David, what about you? I know you didn't care about Pennywise and some other things with the element, but if you had to choose with this film, would you say it leans more towards like a Goonies coming of age with more blood, or it's it's interesting that you asked that because uh, if you are a Stephen King fan that's out there, if you're listening, folks, um, is that um, there is a book that was uh, written by some editors called The Stephen King Universe. And supposedly they connected each of the worlds of Stephen King's books mm -hmm. to each other in some way, shape or form. And it's, it's, it's an interesting theory. Because if you read it, it makes sense, okay? That there uh, there was a universe within in his multi-universe. And to me, this is kind of an adventurous, goony horror story to me. <laughs> uh, but um, um, it's not your straight-up horror. Right. Because it has a supernatural element, you know, in a sense. Sure. Yep. I'm not sure if you could call it entirely evil yet. <laughs> There's a lot of dark stuff that happens, though. Uh, but, yeah, the shared universe, I mean, I believe that's what they were trying to... He was kind of uh, implied with the Dark Tower series. Was uh, that it was Almost oh, every, every single book that he's ever written is tied to the Dark Tower. It is, okay. A it character, is. a reference, every single, almost every that's single book that he has ever written is tied to the Dark Tower. Fact, that's what the King even is. himself is in the Dark Tower series. <laughs> wow! And, and he's been very public about this. Ah, okay. Yeah, because well, they tried to do that in that <clears throat> movie. That ah! uh, <laughs> it's it's they, still called the Dark Tower. Come on. Which which the Dark Tower is actually uh, written about the poem uh, uh, to Tilda Roland, "The Dark Tower Came," which was by Robert Browning. Oh, 
I was not aware of that. I just know the movie was lackluster, and they did fit well, in. Yeah. There. In college, they fit in there the Pennywise reference with in the college. Stephen King uh, read the, uh, that poem, and it was about a night of uh, like the Middle Ages, and he just started writing the Dark Tower at that in college. So that doesn't surprise me because his imagination is a scary, wonderful place that I'm yes. glad he visits. Uh, like he shares with everyone quite often. And <laughs> yeah, the, the movie tried to work that into it a bit too. There's a Pennywise uh, roller coaster that's uh, all mangled and uh, <laughs> yeah, post-apocalyptic in the Dark Tower movie. Um, so, or as I like to call it, the biggest fan film ever made. Ah, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say because I'm not familiar with source material, but I'll just I'll leave it at that. But it... <laughs> John, would you say this is more uh, coming to age scary Goonies or more along the lines of horror? Coming of age horror, horror, horror. <laughs> more like, oh, stand by me. Oh, there you go. There you go. Stand by me. Not Goonies. Not Goonies. Nice. Okay. Sure. Then there, there you go. There's another Stephen King link. A la That's coming of age. Richard yes. Bachman, that's coming of age. Yes, well, well said. I, I forgot about Stand By Me for a minute. This is a great movie. And and I can't wait to for trivia so you can I, you and I can debate the Dark Tower. Ooh. <laughs> well, I to go since it is Stephen King related, we'll we'll discuss it real quick. I just will go on record saying I'm not familiar enough with the source material. I just took it as a movie by itself and sitting down with a uh -huh. movie by itself. I. I was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I was I was not quite impressed, especially considering they put all the action scenes in the movie trailer. So oh. um, there were elements that I liked about it, and 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 yes, we could sit and we can debate with it, but again, I'll be at a disadvantage because I will only oh. have my movie knowledge and well Don has uh, but it's but it's even beyond the the source material stuff. The it was intended to be, it was not intended to be, based on the source material, but inspired by. It was supposed to be a completely alternate reality from the source material. So it was intended to be taken all on its own. The big mistake was making it not rated R. <laughs> well, it I I believe I meant mentioned in my review too for that one that it, it, it felt like it was leaning towards R a bit uh, like it really wanted to be it needed um, to be because what what we got for me I was like okay and some of the dialogue from McConaughey just was <laughs> wow okay dude sounded just like the walking dude <laughs> like, like who the walking dude Okay, I'm not the, sure. For the Dark Tower, when when I was thinking about when it was coming out, um, I could have seen Russell Crowe in the role of the Man in Black. Uh, no, not the Man in Black. I could have seen um, uh, Ian McKellen as the Man in Black. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I could I could see um, Russell Crowe as Roland the Shade. Oh. Well, I'll watch Idris Elba in anything. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and he's the reason why I watched that film. Anyway, so. <laughs> and I got my I got my Idris Elba fix with the film. So there is that. So, <laughs> so we will wrap it up tonight here with it. 
2017. I hope we've uh, given you some insight, and I'm sure many of you out there hated it and loved it. It, um, <clears throat> wow, that's hard to say, or some are in between, but that's always the great thing about films. You, everyone sees something different. So we're going to wrap it up tonight where you can find these fine folks at. It is the shill moment of the show. <laughs> so you can uh, find out where you, these lovely people are when they are not here. So Don, go ahead. I am in the audience.net. Fantastic. And David? I uh, run Movies Galore of Milwaukee, which is a blog in the, uh, uh, by that name. And then uh, I also host Inside Movies Galore, which uh, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook page. Awesome. And go, Paul, go. Oh, I want everybody to go to newhorrorfest.com. That's newhorrorfest.com to find out about the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival. Hey! <laughs> nice. And uh, yes, check out all these wonderful folks' material. Uh, I appreciate them taking their time to discuss this film. And again, uh, I understand how uh, it is nowadays where people either love or hate a film, but there is an in-between as well. So give every movie a try. Uh, you'll never know what you might find. So with that, I will say, let, let's say goodnight to it. So say goodnight, it. Good night, Ed. Good night, Ed. And that'll <laughs> beep, be the beep, end of Richie. Beep, beep, Richie. Beep, that'll beep, be beep, the, Richie. That, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs>